Welcome to another episode of Good Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, joined by... Brenna. Yes, so we got Alex Beaverson on the podcast today. Alex is a pastor, he's a father, he's a husband, and he's a Wyoming native, freshly moved back to Wyoming. Uh, him and his family are there, so it's, it's a lot of fun, this conversation. Brenna, you were not a part of the interview Sadly, but you no. listened to it. What you and think I loved it? it. I loved it. I knew nothing about him going into it. And I just was so impressed by their story and all that they've accomplished at such young age, at such mm-hmm. a young age, young ages. And they're great. And I just want to hear more. Yeah. Yeah, so please enjoy this podcast. Please enjoy Alex bringing all the dad vibes to Good Parent. It was a lot of fun. So here's Brittany and myself interviewing Alex Beaverson. Like, share, subscribe, repeat. Thank you for listening. Hello, Alex Beaverson. (laughs) How are you guys? Hello. Good. How Brittany are you? Rodriguez in the house. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here. How are you, <laughs> I'm Alex? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, just hanging out at my house. Brittany, how how's life? <laughs> oh my goodness, so busy. <laughs> just uh, so fun with the twins. They're just getting so oh, much older. Yeah. It's so and chunky. They're in the and new phase. Oh, are so you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Uh, you know. I've been trying to go to sleep now earlier to kind of compensate. So we have teething going oh, on right gosh. now. So it's a little miserable at night. Yeah. So I try yeah. to go to bed a little bit earlier. <laughs> you do like the uh, the frozen washcloth or what? What are all those things people they do? They hate the frozen. They hate it. They hate, they hate frozen, it. <laughs> hate cold. They will like take, they do teething tablets yep. or like, yep. they like all those toys that have texture. Yeah. They kind of chew on the side of their crib too, you know. That's parent fail, but you know, we'll just like yeah, do, do, do what you can to survive. Kudos, kudos yeah. to having twins and and just keeping them alive. That's the that's the biggest mm. win, right? That's amazing. You know, <laughs> so um, there was one time, Alex, when when I watched the twins, or, yeah. or it was a recent night, but there was about a twenty minute period where it was just me. Yeah, and I was panicking during those twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they were both in the car seat. Like I got, like I, we, I drove from church back down to my house, pulled them out of the. Also, good God, carrying two car seats at one time. Yeah, seriously, oh, that's like its own muscles. kind of prison workout. Um, <laughs> carried them up the stairs and put them both in the car seats, and I had like Taco Bell, and I was just like. <laughs> I was literally just like, oh, good God, please stay. Please just don't cry and let me finish my Taco Bell. Because it was after a long Sunday of like church. I hadn't eaten all day. Yeah. And, and man, that 20 minutes, though. And Brittany, you do that every single day. Every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> after a while, you just start say like, I don't know if I'm sane or not. I'm just I'm awake today. I'm right. keep going. <laughs> I'm awake today. I'll just exactly. keep going. I guess. I'll, yeah. You guys, first off, uh, this app is amazing. I'm like, you guys sound clear and great. I don't know how I sound, but this, this you sound like, great. This sounds like what kind of you sound really What good, kind yeah. of headphones are you wearing? Uh, the the non-existent ones. Yeah, just like, the, I'm not wearing headphones. Oh, are you just on your phone? Yeah, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's very clear for just being the non-existent There you one. go. Wow. Yeah, you know, the first time that, because I literally did, like, Google search, like, how to make a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> this This app came up. <laughs> And then so I'm like, okay, I'll check it out because I don't know anything else. So I checked it out and Brittany and I did a test one mm-hmm. like a month ago. And when we first went on like this, I was like, this sounds better than a phone call. Should I just start having phone calls? I know calls phone on calls this? on this. I was going to say the same thing. This is clearer than when Jordan and I talked yesterday. <laughs> yeah. No, it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. Anchor. Well done, Anchor. Well done. Also, Shout out to our first. With, uh, uh, yeah. She, what's quick? Quick shout out to our first sponsor, Anchor, the app. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the uh, the not sponsor sponsorships we were doing? No, I I haven't. So like halfway through each episode, we have a little like ad break, but it's literally like this podcast is not brought to you by because we don't have any sponsorships, (laughs) (laughs) but it's literally just us because of quarantine. Like let's highlight some of the local restaurants in our area that, you know, maybe, maybe a couple people were like, oh, sure. Let's go get some takeout from that place. That's so um, so we can do that with you as well. You can be in on that and you can highlight some places in Cody if you want to. (laughs) Yeah. Some Wyoming places. Yeah, <laughs> send people up on a road trip. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, before we jump in, you got any? You got any questions or anything like that? I mean, or... I don't think so. Um, should I kind of wait for you guys to prompt the direction? You know, the, the, the what we were actually thinking is maybe it's best if instead of we interview you, yeah, I think maybe you should just interview us. <laughs> yes. And... Hey guys, uh, <laughs> how's your hairline? So we brought on a guest. <laughs> to interview us <laughs> um but yeah you can go ahead and and uh you know we'll we'll ask questions and of course if like a question leads you to one place and then you want to keep going with it by all means awesome. just just keep going and all right and we'll follow in on that um all right, all right we're good well let's get it going then uh welcome to good parent podcast we got our next episode here we got a very special guest with us alex beaverson pastor father bringing all the dad vibes to us today uh alex we're so glad you're visionary yeah gosh man so grateful to be on here love this podcast i love this idea of just parenting parents supporting parents and a resource for people to go to laugh to get some rest in their Mm -hmm. own journey yeah glad to be here love you both jordan and Brittany. glad that we can do this all together today what a gift i i know this is super fun this is this has been a journey for us to just literally uh we just kind of had this idea and like let's just start talking to people and see if anyone wants to listen to us talk to people and it turns out there's a very small number of people that actually <laughs> do want to listen to us talk to people they want to be involved and just hear about everyone else's stories so i think too we've noticed that people have felt uplifted mm-hmm. um i've gotten text after listening to this like wow i just needed to hear this wow. one statement yeah um, and that's the purpose of this is for parents who have parents of infants, mm-hmm. um, soon to be parents, parents of teenagers, that we get such a variety of people on. Yeah. Um, and they just get to hear truth about where parents are at. I love right that. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we, we like to kick things off with a question. Uh, just kind of get, get some ideas flown out there. So our question for today for you, okay. Alex, and for you, Brittany, um, is what is one show or movie that that you're you've been mm-hmm. vibing with recently and what's one thing you've read recently that that has been good 
So good. Well, I'll jump in. My wife and I have been binge watching when our kids go to sleep at night, Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Mm. Um, mm. Love oh. this show. Don't have your kids around, but <laughs> definitely don't. <laughs> it's such an intriguing, fun story. Amazing actors. We're like in season three right now. And yes, we are typically people that like to watch a comedy. And a, but this is yeah. like not that there's mm. there's some some crime. There is gangs. There is, mm-hmm. you know, bad cops, good cops. It's amazing. So that's that's the, the show that we are watching right now. And then I have uh, a couple of books that I reread every single year. I am currently rereading one of those, wow. and it is Simply Jesus by N.T. Wright. Mm. Um, the classic. Yeah, I, it's That's amazing. so good. And I don't know what it is. It's, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's kind of like reading the Bible. Like you get new stuff out of it every time you read it. Mm. Um, yeah. And N.T. Wright is brilliant. And it's, again, you can say that. I'm not a theologian that's gonna get <laughs> yeah, mad at that's you for true. saying that <laughs> parenting upset. podcast not a theology podcast but uh man and to, to, to that note it really actually has helped me shape how i want to parent my kids to a degree it talks about mm, who yeah. jesus is and how the kingdom that he brought to this earth and i do the hard work of saying hey how does this apply to my life and my parenting and yeah um again a book i reread every year that's one of them that's one i'm in the middle of right now so i recommend that one mm. That's so good. That's I, I truthfully, I read as much anti right as I can possibly mm. handle. Um, sometimes I read him and I'm like, man, that, that sounded really great, but I don't understand. Totally. <laughs> but, but I like what I read. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is making me feel like school. Well, for me, I'm all about crime TV shows. I mean, give me as much as I could get. I totally. love them. So I'm watching NCIS, which is like probably like the cheesiest, best thing I think I could watch right now. Um, Just because I don't have much time to watch TV. So if I have an hour, I just want it to be something that I can walk around and do whatever I want to and not have to pay too close (laughs) attention. And books, maybe I should feel convicted that I need to pick up a book because your girl (laughs) has not. Um, I thought about it. Uh, picked up a book just I'm, yet. Literally uh, sound like you're maybe yeah. just looking so around your room for like what I book will nearby. Today, <laughs> and just let's pick up that one time. and let's claim that. <laughs> I was. I actually was. Oh my gosh. Well, Brittany, you have two <laughs> I said, none of these. These are my so school books. When do you have so time I can't. Yes, yeah, it's like, let's be, let's be real. Like any free time you have, you want to sleep or just watch TV. You know, it's like, exactly. You need it. Let's. Yes. Yeah. Well, for me, yes, uh, just zone out for a little while. (laughs) I too am watching Peaky Blinders. Mm. Uh, I'm actually caught up on it, unfortunately. Damn. I just, I just burned through content really quickly. (laughs) Um, Brittany, NCIS. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not sure if I'm gonna watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I so I read a book called Little Fires Everywhere. It's It's totally like a. It's Maybe like a just family, amazing. like neighborhood, kind of like mom drama, um, kind of like uh, what was that show on HBO? Uh, I can't remember it now. Anyway, there's a show on HBO <laughs> with about a lot of moms. This is kind of like that. Little fires everywhere. Really good book. They now made a TV show on Hulu, at Hulu, and uh, it's it's been great. That's great. Um, the only unfortunate part is it's Hulu's not like Netflix, so you know. 
they don't put all episodes in the season out at one time. Yes. So, I mean, we're really kind of week by week. Yeah. Waiting on it. Also watching Survivor. This season of Survivor, Winners Love at War. That's like my childhood show that mm-hmm. I just came back to as an adult a few years ago. Ooh, that's good. Ugh. It's just so good. Love that. And maybe we should pause really quick for our first not sponsor, which is Netflix, because tune, tune into Netflix to get all seasons at once. Netflix. Are all seasons of Survivor on Netflix? No, they're not on. <laughs> they're not, not Netflix. But, I mean, uh, but other Peaky Blinders, you can watch all this. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so. But they took friends off. Mm. I know. That was sad. Gosh. But they still true. got The Office. Anyway. Um, he did. <laughs> yeah, you know he has a podcast. Still got Dwight. Yeah, it's it's about the religion he grew up in called Baha'i. Oh, wow, kind of interesting. I will yeah. listen to. Him. Yep. If you want to learn about Baha'i, go listen to Dwight Schrute's podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, reading wise, what am I reading recently? You know. I'm in grad school right now, so I have to read like all these books for grad school. And so it's really burned me out on reading for joy. Mm. Um, So I literally, if I, if I like am not reading for, for school, I just, I I can't read right now. So, but the school ones I'm reading, there's one called emotional intelligence by Daniel Goleman. Yeah. It's really good. Really good book. Um, Very, very applicable for literally any type of field you're in yeah even for parents like it's absolutely like teaching emotional intelligence and and using that is literally valuable in every aspect of your life yeah um another one called people fuel by john Townsend. yes love that that yeah yeah just so i mean there's so much about it of how like we that's we as people we draw um, energy and, and emotion, like like we're in this needs based relationship, like with other people in the world, and mm. we come to other people for fuel. Like people are fuel for us in a sense. It's almost like it's in the title. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. People feel John Townsend. Love it. Love. It. Hey, may- maybe that should be <laughs> be my sponsorship <laughs> since I'm in the program right exactly. now. Exactly. Hey, give me a tuition break on my next semester. <laughs> if you're listening, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so that, that's good. Let's let's give a little bit of some context into where we're at right now. So, Alex, where are you at? What's your surroundings right now? Where, like, kind of just get take us into your environment. Right For now. sure. Well, I am in. Uh, I'm currently in my master bedroom right now. I'm in small town called Cody, Wyoming. There's about 10,000 people here. Our town is currently known for two things. The first and most important one is Kanye just moved here. Um, yep, Kanye West. He is a resident here, but he is probably only here a couple months of the year, to be honest. But our town swears by it, and we love it. The second thing is Yellowstone oh, wow. right around the corner. Um, so those are the two <laughs> Man, things our town's known for. But um, I'm in my house and my kids are currently running outside in the hallway and or playing some video games. Um, And my wife, as they should be, as they should be, you know, yesterday I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, does your kid play video games? My, my older kid, uh, his name's (laughs) Mozzie. He's seven. And I was like, yeah, we try to limit his screen time to like an hour a day. And my friend goes, that's not enough time. It takes an hour just to start playing the video games. 
you need at least four <laughs> solid hours to like fully get into a game. And I was like, hey, that's a good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, oh my God. That's a good point. Of the gamer right there. But so he's maybe playing some video games. And my wife, uh, she teaches bar classes, which is virtually functional mm-hmm. fitness. It's a, a lot of people want to know if she's like learning how to mix drinks at a bar or if she's, mm-hmm. what's a bar class? But she, uh, yeah it's kind of a mixture between Pilates and, and maybe dance. <laughs> um, and so mm. she is actually teaching as we speak. So our kids have zero supervision except for um, yeah. whatever's happening in that playroom that they are currently in. So that's my surroundings. Well, Maz is probably watching Wells and that's probably going just fine. Yeah. My, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, my younger son, uh, he's three, Mozzie's seven and Mozzie probably is watching Wells. Yep. He's, he's parenting him doing the best that he can great <laughs> yep yep wait so give those ages again how old is mozzie uh, mozzie's seven he turns eight actually in may wells is three they're both boys and they're both crazy <laughs> and they're both super cute <laughs> both of them super cute um well you know okay i just got i'm just a little fixated on the kanye thing right now. right so <laughs> kanye lives in cody wyoming which that alone it's just really interesting. Can like, do you know where he lives? Can you go drive by his place? I can. Yeah, he. So he virtually bought a ranch, and it's right outside of the the main town, not too far, and it has a lake on it. Um, yeah, he purchased the ranch. Um, it's beautiful, um, mm-hmm. and so I can see it from a distance. His house and the cabins, and there's this whole guest ranch and all this stuff that he has, and he comes to town pretty often on these like giant raptors, like. Um, you know those big like four wheeler oh, type the, things, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they go to the bowling alley and they have you know either have drinks or hang out and walk around town. And the town's small, so it's not like there's much to do. But I think that he he loves it. And he, I, I've yet to see him. I actually don't think he's in town right now because of coronavirus stuff. But I guess he yeah. flies on a private jet. It's pretty funny. Wow, man, that's so interesting. I feel like there's probably going to be like a whole new like the section of TMZ that's going to now have a headquarters up in Cody, Wyoming, just to Mm -hmm. follow Kim and Kanye. Well, you know, here's our next sponsorship. Kanye is building his Yeezy factory here. You could Google search jobs in Cody, Wyoming, and they have Yeezy shoe designers, marketing directors, bunches of job opportunities, and they're all located in Cody, Wyoming. So he's moving his factory here. It's going to bring some tourism, some excitement, and some some more people here. So I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's kind of, I can, it's a fun conversation starter. So yeah well i mean it's also that's gonna probably be really cool for the local economy yeah. there in Cody, 100%. bringing this influx of you know creative designer type people mm-hmm. and uh, you know and all the infrastructure that's going to come from that that's awesome totally good for cody Wyoming. yeah it's pretty fun so i like it i'm also one of the christians who believes that connie's probably a christian too which is cool i know me so. too i'm, I'm a part I'm of that too yeah. i want to say i just love <laughs> yeah. what he's doing over there I know. Our next sponsorship, sponsorship, uh, Kanye's <laughs> album, Jesus is King. Give it a listen. Give it a listen. 
Um, well, Alex, thanks, thanks for sharing some of those thoughts on or some of that little context into where you're at. Uh, let's jump into to your story. So you're you're in Cody. Yeah. That's where that's where you began. That's where you're from. Yeah. Um, so take us into your upbringing a little bit. Like, what's your family situation that you grew up in? Mm-hmm. You know, parents, siblings. What's that like? Yeah. So uh, I grew up in this small town, which. Uh, you know, in hindsight, it's amazing. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited that my kids are here now. I mean, my context here is open spaces, mm-hmm. um, no fear in having, you know, elementary kids walk to school by themselves, um, mm-hmm. big backyards, yeah. ability to uh, make a mess outside uh, and not have to worry about HOAs, you know, these types yeah. of things mm-hmm. and build forts and, um, you know, not just your blanket fort in, in the living room. Like we... Mm-hmm. built like houses as forts pretty much in my backyard and um <laughs> just you know, ran around the town and with my yeah. you know my my bike and my friends and that that was that was yeah and, that's awesome um so th- i mean as far as my childhood years it was awesome a lot of freedom um but with mm-hmm. a small town came a lot of um i don't know uh boredom and so with that there's mm-hmm. there's just like at any place there's your your drug use, there's the parties that happen and, mm-hmm. uh, you really have to figure out how to have some fun outside of those things growing up. Um, because yeah. there's a lot of it cause there's a lot of boredom yeah. in a small town mm-hmm. like this. Cause there's not much to yeah. do. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, my parents, uh, are amazing. They're both together. Love them both. Um, they, um, have, we have, I have three sisters. They're all older than me. Um, and so, I, uh, I'm the youngest in my family, my three older, the youngest of three, sisters. youngest of three wow. sisters. Yeah. You were strong. Yeah. And I, I mean, my parents had four, four kids and I look at them as heroes and it, because it's like, how do you, how do people with any kids do it? One, you are, you are a hero if you have kids, but if you have four kids or more, you know, it's like, it is chaos mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't, yeah. I, I struggle to go to a restaurant without my kids ipads you know what i'm saying like to like take care of them uh and so when we used to go to restaurants with four four kids i can't imagine how my parents dealt with it and took us to grocery stores you know um and i ask them now they're just like we we figured it out so um yeah but because i was the youngest i was uh and the only boy my sisters they was growing up like they loved me um Mm-hmm. They picked on me every so often, but by and large, they really took care of me. Um, yeah. You know, I remember, so I, I don't remember this, but I hear stories about it. You know, my sisters would put makeup on me uh, and treat me as their doll, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> my, 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 Yeah, I had an older sister too. <laughs> totally. They put makeup on me and I met, my parents tell me a story of when I walked outside, I mean, into the living room and my dad saw me dressed up in a dress and makeup yep. on and he you know, freaked out immediately said, you know, we're going to buy baseball cards and, you know, like, <laughs> this is not okay to do with my son. So, um, yeah. and that, that's, you know, that's a funny story. My sisters also told me that dog poop outside was chocolate. And, oh no. You know, so my parents came home Ooh. one day and I was eating <gasps> dog poop. Ooh. And I, again, I don't remember this. I was probably younger. I was probably two, you know, oh. um, and i i might i have a sibling that did that as well so you know i think it just happens yeah. sometimes with siblings they just yeah let's they, you know they're they're young as well they think this will probably be funny oh, my if, goodness. if i convince this other sibling to eat some <laughs> exactly poop? I, I mean oh, mud maybe but poop 
Yeah, right. Hey, you, Brittany, you just wait. You, yeah. Jackson or Hazel, one of them is going to try to do that. Hazel, to the other. Hazel will be the mastermind. Okay. Yeah. I call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. gosh. Jackson will steal her food and, and <laughs> she's going to be like, yeah, you just wait. You <laughs> I just got wait you. until later. Um, and, you know, my sisters, I was closest growing up to my sister that was closest in age to me. Mm. Um, yeah. She was like a year and a half older than me, one grade older than me. She really took care of me all the way, you know, up until mm-hmm. I could take care of myself in high school. And and then I think the tables turned and I kind of took care of her. But um, mm-hmm. and then now that we're all older, um, we're all best friends. Like we and we live in this town yeah. and, you know, we've been best friends even when we didn't live in the same town. And that's yeah. really fun to see. That's an experience and i know that's not the case for every parent every mm-hmm. sibling yeah. you know situation but i think it is for a lot of them and it really mm-hmm. it really holds out you know i really hold out for hope for even my two boys that as yeah. they get older they're going to go through the fighting stage they're going to go through the phase where they can't stand each other absolutely but mm-hmm. they're going to also reach the phase where they love each other dearly and yeah. deeply and I, I just pray for that you know as i experience so uh my yeah 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 Adult sibling friendships, I think, oh man, they're such a special Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Because um, you're talking about they're the only people in the world that uh, like truly understand and get what, what you grew up yeah. with. They're the only people. That's yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you get to a phase where you're like, you're this, there to support each other. You're friends more than siblings, but you have that sibling bond on top of the friendship. And that's that's unique. So um, I love that with my sisters and their quirkiness and their funness. And I, mm-hmm. I offer a level of quirkiness to my family. They just accept me for who I am. And I love that. Yeah. Um, my parents both worked full time growing up. My mom was a nurse, um, you know, 40 plus hours a week, sometimes late, yeah. early morning hours. Um, and my wow. father worked wow. in the oil industry for a little bit. And then he ended up building a, a business from the ground up. Um, so one of my greatest memories growing up with my parents were they just invited me into their circles. Uh, mm. My dad would just be like, hey, I, it, you know, this is a luxury of having your own business, I guess, um, or having a job that you can invite your kids in with you. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd just be like, hey, let's I'm going down. It's a movie theater that he built. We're going to go down to the movie theater. And we have to paint these walls. And I was mm-hmm. eight, 10, 11, 12, 13. And I, okay, you know, like I had nothing else to do today. And yeah, um, sometimes my dad and I wouldn't say a word to each other and I would just paint the wall or, you know, fix something. Uh, sometimes we'd talk nonstop, but wow. um, it is what it was. And it was a gift to have a father and a mother that would just meet, invite me into their world. And, um, and my parents also, yeah. we had a neighborhood uh, where our neighbors had young kids and this is not the case for every family with young kids, mm-hmm. but, and a small town really helps the neighbor friendships, you know, living in California, yeah. there's a lot of great neighbors, but a lot of, I didn't have really awesome friendships with the people that lived in my house next to me in this town yeah. of Cody, Wyoming. It's different. It's a different culture. Mm-hmm. You get to know mm-hmm. the people on your street. Um, That's and, yeah. um, and they had young kids. And so, again, my parents were like, hey, we're, we're going to our neighbor's house and you kids can come over and play in the backyard. And it was like, awesome, you know? So, yeah, um, I, yeah. I experienced a lot of my parents' parenting because I was the youngest through the way that they parented the older siblings. I saw my parents parent um, all three of my older siblings. And uh, so I, I was probably the most wise uh, as a kid mm-hmm. growing up 
only because I kind of got residual parenting from the way in which yeah. they yeah. they treated my siblings, and I learned early on what was okay and what, what was, was not, not okay. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. So it helped me as a younger sibling because of that, and to to some grace extended to my parents, like. And for all parents out there, you know, your first kid, you're, you're figuring it out. You're learning. And your second, you're probably yeah. more wise. Your third, more mm-hmm. wise. And by the fourth, it's, it's probably like, you kidding me? This is easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's not the case, but um, that's how I sort of experienced it. Well, and I even think to some degree with at least this is everything that I've heard. Like with each kid, parents get more and more relaxed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, first kid, obviously mm-hmm. it's first kid. Oh my gosh, we got to do everything. We got to do it all perfectly. And then by the last one, it's like, you know what, this one, they will be fine. Yeah. They, there's just this innate belief like, oh yeah, there's ones before this, they're fine. So this one's also going to be fine. Totally. Um, did you feel at all like, like you kind of were fit you know fit into some of the stereotypes of the youngest child i'm also asking yeah i am the youngest i'm the baby of the <laughs> totally family. My, parents, <laughs> you get my siblings very much like to remind me that i'm the baby of the oh, family do they? And that i was treated differently because of yeah, that yeah um i think you know my sisters would probably say something different like they would probably say that i fit into the stereotype of the youngest sibling i would mm-hmm. say i i didn't i didn't feel like i experienced that but I was also the only boy. So mm-hmm. when it came to yeah. some hammy downs, when it came to um, being treated differently, part of it was because I ran around in circles that my sisters did not, whether it was sports yeah. and my dad maybe piqued an interest in, Hey, I'm going to play dolls with my, you know, my sisters versus I'm going to yeah. go play baseball with my son. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there might be a natural in, in my situation, a natural thing that occurred with my parents just going, he is the youngest, but he's also a boy. And I, I did mm-hmm. different things than my sisters. I spoke differently, different language. I had crushes on girls, not on boy. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I ran around uh, chasing girls on the on the playground. And that's not something that my parents had experienced up to that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. um. But yes, my I, I bet you today I would ask my sisters, was I a stereotypical youngest child? And they would say, oh, hands down. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I love it, though. I love being the youngest child because the stereotype of it is not that bad. It's like you're the favorite. <laughs> right. Kinda, oh, Lordy. Relaxed. Like you're the most fun. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you got it. Okay. <laughs> it's a good stereotype to be in. I know. It's it's you know what? My. <laughs> My son, Mozzie, we have a, my youngest son, Wells, Mozzie at times feels like Wells is getting more attention than Mozzie. And we try not to do that as best as possible. But because Wells is younger, when Wells falls over and scrapes his knee, my wife and he cries, my wife and I pick him up and we say, Hey, are you okay? And we give him, you know, kisses and stuff. When Mozzie, who is almost eight falls over, we say, Hey, you're fine. Stand up, you know? continue mm-hmm. walking yeah. and he yeah. in his he doesn't know exactly you know yeah, his brain has developed he doesn't mm-hmm. yeah. so we have to help him understand the reason he gets more attention in some areas of his life is because he is younger and he mm-hmm. we gave you this much attention when you were younger but mozzie doesn't yeah. remember that attention mm-hmm. he only is yeah. experiencing it through as his brain matures he sees us here yeah. for the youngest so uh, I think yeah. a lot of that stereotype is probably 
that exact experience that older siblings are mm-hmm. like, I don't remember when my parents cared for me this way and bought me yeah, toys. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the youngest siblings just getting all this, getting all this stuff. Well, that's because yeah. they are younger and um, they need a special care that as your kids get older, you, you release some mm-hmm. of that too, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and even Maz as a seven, almost eight year old, you know, sees that happen to Wells, but can't, can't functionally understand that when Wells is also seven, almost eight and he falls and he scrapes his knee, yeah. you're going to say the same thing to Wells yeah. as a seven or eight year old. Exactly. That you said to Maz, right. You're going to tell, you're going to tell Wells when he's seven, okay, yeah, you're okay. Let's get up. Let's wipe those tears. Yeah. Like you, you feel it. All right, let's keep going. Totally. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Um, you know, and Maz, Maz, and understandably so he can't, he can't understand that that's what you're going to do for Wells. As exactly. Well. Yeah. Um, so, um, being, being yeah. the youngest, I experienced some of that, um, probably, but I, I didn't know that I experienced it. My sisters would probably say I did. So, mm-hmm. um, it was yeah. a gift. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got four si- or three sisters. Yep. Are they all still in Wyoming? They are. Yeah. You know, they, they went different places for small amounts of time for college and stuff. And then everyone just gravitated yeah. back here. And one of the, one of the hardest things for me, and for those of you that maybe don't know me listening, I, I, mo- I grew up in this small town, Cody, Wyoming. I moved from here for 10 years and I went to Orange County, yeah. uh, worked at a church yeah. there and, uh, enjoyed an amazing community in Orange County. And I recently just moved yeah. back. So, um, yeah. being away from, like this family unit that was so close for so long was really hard. Christmases, all the families were getting together year after year. And, you know, we'd come home for some of them, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you really start to like, I don't know, like mourn the loss of this amazing family that, that I grew up in. And yeah. I'm, I'm the only one that's away and I'm sure other people can resonate with yeah. that. You know, you're the only one that's not with your family. There's goods and there's a good side and bad side to that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so then we moved back and who knows for how long could be forever. could be for a year, could be just for, you know, until December, but we're really loving getting to spend, you know, birthdays and yeah. stuff together for this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So let, let's jump into that 10 years in California yeah. actually. Cause you, so you went from Cody, Wyoming, you went to California and that is really, you know, Orange County, Southern California is really where you, that's where you became a parent. Yes. That's where you, you know, followed God's calling on your life to pastoral ministry where you became a pastor. Yep. Um, so, so what was it initially that brought you from Wyoming down to California? Yeah. So I, um, I wanted to, ever since, ever since I was little, uh, I was involved in the church. Um, and you know what, you know, side note, one of the best memories I have with my father is my, I, I went to church cause my, ultimately because my parents made us go to church mm-hmm. and then I started wanting to go to church by myself because I found a community for myself when I was about in junior high. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was on the worship team and uh, my parents, my dad was also on the worship team and I, me and him early in the morning would drive, you know, 6am would drive. We'd stop at a gas station, get coffee. And it was about a 15 minute drive to church. And we would not say a word to each other, but it was the best. And then we'd go wow. and we'd play music all morning and then we'd come home and nap. Mm-hmm. And it was a rhythm every single Sunday mm-hmm. that I was like on weeks that I wasn't scheduled on the worship team. I was like, I want to go anyway. Like I just have so much fun yeah. being with my dad and being a part of this church family. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. So that was amazing. And, um, 
so I grew up in the church and I felt something inside of me, call it God, call it an emotion, whatever I call it. uh, I probably, I call it a nudge of the Holy spirit that said, Mm -hmm. Hey, I think I need to pursue, um, pursue pastoral ministry. So after my first two years of community college, I transferred to a Bible college in California at the same time I got Mm -hmm. married. So I got married when I was 20 years old. Oh, wow. Baby. (laughs) Right. Starting out fresh. (laughs) Right. Didn't start it early, man. Um, and my wife and I had no intention on, and no idea of what was going to happen in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, we got married and um, I was going to college full time. I was interning part time and then working part time. Um, and my wife was working full time. We lived in a studio apartment in Orange County and I was commuting to Azusa Pacific University. Hmm. Okay. So why did why did you guys go? Because since yeah. you were in Azusa. Um, did you, did you live in out in there for a time? I immediately, immediately moved to Orange, moved County, to Orange County. County. And one of the, the biggest reasons why is I didn't want to sacrifice, um, experience in a church for my education. I wanted both. So I found a church that mm. I could intern mm. at and that church happened to be the church that I ended up working at is Mariner's church. And, um, yeah. uh, so yeah. that's why I ended up living in Orange County and driving to Azusa. That's about an hour drive. Yeah. Mm. Um, and for yeah. a couple years, uh, it was just my wife and I in a studio apartment with nobody, no money, no anything like a bed frame in a studio apartment and some, some pans that we got from our wedding and, um, no community, wow. no idea what to do. I was a big fish in a small pond out here in Wyoming and moved to California, the small fish. in a big yeah. pond. I had my wife and I had mm. Jesus, and I think that's all I needed. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> but it amen, was a more natural, amazing time of just learning together. One of the benefits of, of getting married young is we figured out life together. We figured out our finances. We figured out yeah. everything, you know, ha- our rhythms of the day. Like people who get married when they're older, they already have those. Like they, they know who they are yeah. and that's beautiful mm-hmm. to a degree. But when you bring that into a marriage, you have to mm-hmm. sacrifice more. Um, yeah. Oh, and wow, so my yeah. wife and I getting married young, we didn't have to sacrifice yeah. as much as those who are older. We saw to sacrifice every marriage does, but not yeah. as much because we didn't know. Mm-hmm. So we learned together yeah. on top of that. Um, yeah. So I was almost graduated from college and uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was like a Thursday and we get a phone call to adopt a baby. Um, and this is really where oh, our wow. story really took a turn in a, in so sure. what happened before the phone call, though? Because I know that there was there was some stuff going on of of leading up to to you guys. Yeah. I mean, you got married young, and then uh, what what went from getting married young to then wanting to start taking well, those steps toward? Adoption? So my wife has grown up in a family, a single mom, and she's adopted like three kids. Like three of Brigetta's siblings are adopted, and that's always been a part of my wife. Her name is Brigetta. That's always a part of her story. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Shout out, Brigetta. You're amazing. Wife. My wife, Brigetta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is good. Wow. We're up to like five spots. We're, so we're doing good. We're doing good. Um, and she, she just brought it up early on. And, you know, as we talked about some stuff in premarital counseling all the way through that first year, it was like, hey, what do you think about adopting a baby? And totally interested. And then I did a college 
a paper on like a, some sort of big, like a big project. It wasn't just like a small one. It was a, a big project on some foster homes and orphan care in some third world countries. And it broke my heart and it really made me go, Hey, I, I think I might have a passion for this. Um, so then we started working mm-hmm. at, uh, I started interning at a Mariner's church and, um, we, um, I hadn't read a parenting book in my life, except thought a little bit about adopting a baby. And when we talked about adoption, it wasn't for, Hey, down the road, you know, when we're 30, 35, let's adopt a baby. Yeah, that's great. It'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's a different plan in store for us. And um, I didn't have a job. I was interning again, going to school full time. And um, we got this phone call on a Thursday and this doesn't happen. Like if you're listening, like this is not a normal story, (laughs) you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. someone virtually an acquaintance of my my mother-in-law uh got a hold of our phone number and asked us like hey my 16 year old daughter um uh, has decided not to abort her baby and uh we're looking for some parents to adopt them would you be interested and i was like like wow. come on like this doesn't happen yeah i'm like this is a prank phone call you know no, <laughs> i'm like wow. Yo, yeah. you know my friend jake yeah, jake jake is that you you know like this is really funny you know are you serious i, I don't have any money <laughs> yeah. I being punks. and they were i and they were serious and so yeah. uh i didn't have wow. a job and i went and talked to my supervisor wow. at work and uh i pulled him aside and he thought i was going to ask him for a job and i asked him like hey can we talk about the biblical theology of adoption like because i'm thinking about adopting a baby and he was kind of taken aback like i thought you were gonna ask me for a job and you're 22 and you're asking me about adoption um and he said there's nothing in the bible that Mm. would contradict don't adopt like the bible is clear we're adopted into the kingdom of god adoption Mm -hmm. is such a beautiful theological thread throughout the bible you know, maybe that's a future podcast mm-hmm. we could do on this is the, the biblical theology of adoption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so that really prompted me yeah. to go back to my wife and say, I think we should. And uh, she said, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. We're we, uh, 21 years old when we got the phone call, 22 when the adoption actually happened. And um, I went to my last wow. semester of my undergrad degree with uh, with a baby. And a lot of people looked at me like, who is this guy? You know, yeah. my wife would have to work some days and I'd be taking my kid to class, rocking a kid and trying to take oh. notes. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and not too many people asked me my story. And so they just kind of assumed stuff and it was mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 22, yeah. not even graduated, taking a kid to school. And I, and then on top of that, I'm like, Oh yeah. And we adopted him. And then people are like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I know, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would imagine you guys probably faced a lot of that kind of commentary yeah. from probably, I mean, I would imagine several places in your life. Like uh, people were just constantly like, that's crazy. Yeah. You guys are too young. You're too this. You're too that. Um, what was it like for you as a couple to hear a lot of that stuff, uh, but still walk forward anyway, knowing that 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 you felt passionate and that you, you together believed that, no, this is what we're yeah, supposed to it do. was, it was hard on my wife and I, uh, and then it was hard on us personally. Like it was hard on our relationship and then it was hard on us personally. And not only that, but the closest people, some of the closest people in our life were not supportive. Um, mm-hmm. and that wow. was, 
that yeah. was hard. And I like I understand why they were not supportive. Um, I had some people counsel me like, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I guess you could do this. But like most of my mentors were even like, I don't know if this is a good idea based on your life situation. And and I was like, you're you're right. But I can't let go of the fact that for some reason this seems right. Um, mm-hmm. And because, you know, bird's eye view the people that were against it or gave us criticism, like, again, they're, they're totally right. Would I counsel my son at 22 years old, no money, um, going to college to adopt a kid? No, <laughs> I, I no. Yeah. Totally. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But what yeah. happened with my wife and I is very unique, but it is, it really brought us to a point where, I don't know, we were, humbled together and ready to run at raising a family together Um, because we had to it forced us Mm -hmm. into relationship with each other it forced us to rely on each other more than we relied on our friends because some of our friends were not supportive and so it forced my wife and I to run to each other Mm -hmm. Um, and that was beautiful but it was so so hard probably one of the hardest parts of our life was was not just adopting it was the criticism that criticism that we we received because of it Um, yeah yeah i I love that thank you for sharing that i think too of just thinking about your i just think about when i was 22 23 i'm like a -hmm. baby i couldn't imagine and then to adopt it's so hard too when we want to make our family proud and we want to invite people into our story um and then it's not as welcoming as we think that plays a toll with like our mental, emotional state, but so beautiful that you and Brad just got to. Totally. It, it, and it just forced us closer to yeah. each other. Um, and it was, it was an amazing yeah. time for uh, our marriage. Um, and then we went through this like emotionally exhausting, like experience where we flew to where uh, Mozzie was born and, we went through labor and delivery with mm-hmm. uh, the birth mom. Uh, Mozzie was born and out comes a kid and they said, here's your baby. And it was wow. crazy. I, I, we remember, I, I wasn't in the delivery room, but um, they, Mozzie was born. They swaddled Mozzie and they looked at Brigetta and they said, who are you? Are you uh, her, the birth mom's sister? And Brigetta just started crying and she said, no, I'm his mom. And, and it uh, was, yeah, right, it was uh, wild. And um, I walked into this, uh, this delivery room and, you know, my heart goes out to, to Mozzie's birth mom. Like she's so strong and amazing. And then they sat with Mozzie for a second, prayed mm-hmm. and then said, we are so happy for you to be the parents. All right. Welcome to another edition of Good Parent is not brought to you by because we don't have any ad sponsors yet. But in light of coronavirus, we still want to highlight some local restaurants and coffee shops that are uh, that are in our areas that are making that are still making you know stuff happen for people. So we we got Alex on here with us as well, and Brittany. So Alex, you're in Cody, Cody Wyoming. Wyoming has an amazing Cody? amazing catering service called the Laughing Pig. They are doing special like to order burritos for breakfast and special things throughout the week. Mm. So make sure the laughing pig, look them up on Instagram, amazing food. I just got a burrito from them this morning. Great food, great people, great Mm. community. Check them out. The laughing pig. 
laughing, laughing pig, pig Cody Wyoming. Put that into YouTube. You also <laughs> might get some funny videos out of it. Uh, so Dana Point, California, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of my favorite restaurants here in Dana Point called Craft House. Craft House is, is delicious. My sister bought us a gift card there, so we've been having it a little bit more than, than we can reasonably afford. Thank you for that gift card, Brenna. Um, so they got, I mean, it's, it's, it's your standard, you know, American kind of food. So they got a really, really good fried chicken sandwich, a really good burger, um, and they're doing curbside pickup. I mean, you call, you place an order, you drive there, you call again and say, hey, I'm outside. They will bring it to <laughs> out to your wow. car. You don't even need to get out of your car. It's amazing. Amazing. Craft okay. house. Dana Point. Um, Green Tomato Grill. It's where the healthy Boom. people go. I don't know if this is a big chain, but it's the only one I've seen. Um, and it is so tasty. Um, it has everything you need from healthy drinks to salads and stuff I would never eat normally. Um, thank you, Corona. It's so good. Check it out. It's off of Tustin and Catella in Orange, California. Brittany, that was so good. You need to do that professionally. You were like, you made a tagline. I don't know if it's a, it's a chain, but I've only it's the only one I've seen or something. I'm so good. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be on their their national ad campaign. <laughs> All right, that is another edition of Good Parent. It's not brought to you by. Thank you for listening. Yeah, and it was it was wow. it was it was, wow. it was insane. There, there's no experience like it. And we just sat there and prayed. Mozzie was in the 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 NICU, um, and we not because he it was because he had mm. to be because not because of medical reasons. That's how they do it with adoptions. Um, so we we slept in the NICU with him okay. and for three days, and um, um, and it was it was wild experience. Nothing that I would have ever expect expected, but we grew this love mm. for for my son that we could have never never imagined so quickly yeah um so that was that and then we came back with the kid and no job and about a week later i got offered a job at at mariners it was a gift and amazing jesus was i feel like a part of all of it and um um and even if even if i didn't get a job i would still say (laughs) jesus was a part of all of it um but um absolutely gift for us to now have that job i graduated college and we are off and running as as parents and Man, what a, a a switch that got flipped in our life. Normal parents nor- normally have nine months to yeah. prepare, kind of. We we had three mm-hmm, months, and mm-hmm. we didn't yeah. know what we were preparing for. <laughs> no parent does. Wow. So were you guys still in that so studio we apartment out, at we that moved time? moved in with my mother-in-law, um, and that's where they did our home study because they have to do our home study. Um, and so – and we got a pay yeah. for that. Um, at my mother-in-law's place. And then within six months, we moved out and we moved into a one-bedroom apartment. But so not okay. only do we have a kid, gotcha. but we went through like moves and we got jobs and, and it's, it's, yeah, and moving wow. in with mm. families hard, especially with a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So tell yeah. me, as you're young parents now, you have arrived, <laughs> yeah. it is here. What was it like being young parents now to even, you're exactly. still young with Wells. How has that affected your parenting? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's affected me more than it's affected my wife. Um, for some reason, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. this is a guy versus girl thing. My, my wife has thought about being a, 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 a mom her whole life. Um, I've thought about being mm-hmm. a dad, sure, my whole life, but not very much. Like I think more about sports than I think about parent, like being a dad. Um, mm-hmm. And 
it has created mm-hmm. an insecurity an insecurity in my heart as the male because I have felt mm. a lack of maturity. I felt a lack of knowledge. Uh, I can't mm. care for my family financially. Um, I, you know, mm. and as a young parent, yeah. I haven't as a male gone through the process probably of maturity to a degree in being able to be confident in who I am and parent well, because it all happened so fast mm. when we were so young. So my wife kind of have wrestled with, my wife and I have wrestled with yeah. our own insecurity of, are we fit for this? Do you have to be 35 mm. to be a parent? Um, so mm. it's affected us negatively in that way. And we've had to process a lot and, and learn mm. about ourselves well and not at the expense of our kids at all. Yeah. I believe it's good for my, my kids to watch us grow as parents. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely not jumping there, but we are, um, we're going through our own process. All parents are going through their own process. Ours started when we were a tad younger. And, um, someone once told me like a lot of uh, parents come to me and they ask for counsel. Like we're thinking about having a kid, but we're not sure if we're ready. And what I've learned is no matter what age you are, you're never ready. <laughs> I was never, I was ever. not ready at age 22. Yeah. And uh, I, I probably will have not have been ready when I was 35, you know? Um, mm, absolutely. So you're never actually mm-hmm. ready to have kids. You can't prepare enough. It's like, what do you, what do you want? You want to just put, put padding on all your coffee tables yeah. and now you're ready. It's like, you're, you're never ready. To be a parent. So, <laughs> uh, but p- positively yeah. um, it's, it's given my wife and I like an energy cause we're, we're younger Um we are mm-hmm. it matured us quickly. A lot of a lot of our closest friends, yeah, um, are older than us, and have experienced way more life than yeah. us. So some of our closest friends, that's um, good. They have two two kids as well, and he's like one of my best friends. He's like thirty six or something like that, and he's gone through multiple job changes. Yeah. And but and we're like almost ten years, not ten years, like we're six seven years younger than them we don't hang out with people our age anymore because our, we don't, we're in different life stages, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's yes. a gift yeah. for us is it's really given yeah. us, it sucks. That was really hard part as well is a lot of our friends were not mm-hmm. in the same life stage, yeah. a lot of them, and that's okay, but they just didn't get it. But a lot of people who did get it mm-hmm. were more mature had gone through life and we yeah. just got to sit at their feet and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Did you at all feel like, you you have you guys have these these kids so you want to be around people that also have kids because you know w- once you have the kid people saying like no you shouldn't do that that it's all of that is just useless it's like nope we have the kid now so let's surround ourselves yeah. with people that are going to be for us people that are going to totally. help us people that we can learn that's from that's it exactly it's like um yeah. yeah i don't know uh i we we went to like a new year's party and it was a bunch of you know single people our age people who amazing they're doing great stuff it was like a new year's party they're having fun we show up with mm-hmm. a kid and we're like hey sit in the corner and you know you, yep. you stay over there while we go and hang out with our <laughs> friends and our friends just they come hi mozzie how are you but like and then when we go home before midnight they're like no oh, you lo- losers you know like, oh. and i'm like i got a, a kid mm-hmm. and eventually the phone calls to hang out stop um and yeah because they know I'm going to say no, or they know I'm going to head home early. Um, so that's just something we had to deal with as young parents, um, where the people who are calling us to hang yeah. out 
were older than us and they had kids and they got it. Yeah. They got yeah. it. So got that's something it. that we experienced. Mm-hmm. Most parents experienced that, I yeah. believe, too. Yeah. You know, I would imagine no matter what stage of life you're at or like what age you're at, you know, when, when you welcome that child into your family and into your life, um, there is a, there is a process of a, a grieving of, yeah. of what you're, you're kind of giving up, you know, you're, you're giving up, uh, a certain level of your freedom. You know, that your relationships with people that don't exactly. have kids likely mm-hmm. will change in some way. Um, did, did you guys practically or, did you really feel like you had to experience those losses in, in, in order to be able to fully step into this is my new normal now. This is, this is where, where God has led us in and we want to be. Yeah, this no, I, I feel like we tried to hold on to our old life as much as possible. I, and we had to experience, like you said, we had to experience that loss in order to step into mm-hmm. our, our, the new normal, our new life. Um, and, you know, I remember my wife and I used to love to go to Pinkberry and it would close at like 1030 p.m. Pinkberry, for those Wyoming people listening, is a uh, it's, it's like a frozen <laughs> yogurt shop, but it would close at like 11 p.m. in California at one of these locations. So my wife and I would we'd watch Parks mm-hmm. and Recreation and then we'd go at like 1030 and go get Pinkberry without our kid. And then we had Mozzie and uh, we were like, well, I guess we can go get Pinkberry. So we mozzie in the car and getting your kid in the car is like a space a spaceship uh, it's like you know it. it's like you gotta lock him in <laughs> you know, i'm yelling at my wife you got to turn on the generators you know like we need to, i need i need backup you know, just to get my kid in the car is like latching them in and it takes so long and then we got him in we're like is this still worth it and we're like ah, we're this far and it's 10 minutes away but we drove to pinkberry and we saw the sign it was like illuminated and our mouths were watering and we get out of the car we close the door we walk into pinkberry and we were like where's mozzie we left him in the car like and that that's just a a regular that was a way for us to go wow our life really has changed like one it's illegal to leave kids in the car so one yeah we could have gotten arrested (laughs) yeah but every parent has done it yeah and we just forgot like we're ordering our ice cream and we're like oh shoot (laughs) mozzie's still in the car so we ran out to the car like oh we're so sorry and we're like we're never going to pinkberry again whatever um (laughs) i think it was our last time to pinkberry late at night but it was um it was one of those experiences where you know life changed life um, life is different yeah and yeah i need to accept it either i could leave my kid in the car or i could take my kid with me and experience the new life that yeah. god has for me yeah. and what parenting brings and so we we decided yeah. <laughs> let's not leave our kid in the car anymore we can't so <laughs> that's the hardest choice a lot of parents that some this is where some fall short that they can't let go um of yeah. that lifestyle uh, that they don't want to change. So it's so hard to even watch. And I know Angel and I experienced the same thing. Like, Oh, we want to go do this. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we have kids. Totally. Just kidding. Yeah. We're going to stay home. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like that. That's kind of the pink berry stories is what, you know, something that, that you yeah. think to as this, this was mm-hmm. a change because obviously, you know, I'm not a parent yet. 
August 29th. That's our due date. So that's rapidly approaching. But, you know, it's those it's moments like that, that that's what I think about of being the change, not some giant life change. It's those Mm -hmm. little moments. And even thinking of like last night, Arisa and I, you know, it was I don't know, it was probably 830 or eight eight o'clock. And we realized, oh, we don't really have any groceries for dinner. Do you want in and out? Right. Yeah, I want in and out. Let's go drive to in and out. Let's drive to in and out, then drive to the beach and and just sit there and eat in and out while watching, exactly. you know, kind of the waves go. And it was it's stuff like that where now when I when I, we do something like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah, this is what we've yeah. done, or at least harder. this is what yeah, would be different so much harder and, to do. You know, and it's just such a balance. Mm-hmm. You do need to let go of your old life, absolutely, but at the same time, to learn to bring your child along with you um and it, yeah, yeah it, it's instead of just our yeah. life has changed and yeah we have to stay home all day well that's not the answer either but it, it's more like hey mm-hmm. we're gonna go get in and out and you know certainly probably not <laughs> to be honest you're probably not gonna be watching the the waves late at night <laughs> you know we're eating in and out that's probably <laughs> no but i am yeah. gonna take my kid with me to in and out and uh we're gonna mm-hmm. sit yeah, you know, in my truck, and we can probably only stay there for an hour before my kid gets antsy or falls asleep. But um, the conversations are different, and that sort of stuff. So, learning mm-hmm. to take your kid along with you yeah. is hard, but I think mm-hmm. you know that that's part of parenting. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that the longer you've been a parent, you you feel like you've gotten better or learned more about? Because I know there's always kind of that, that tension of how much of of our life and this is a conversation recent i have a lot how much of our life are we just going to change for this child versus and i think i'm probably more on that end of like no i think we can bring this child along to most of our life and i'm probably wrong in thinking that um but but we we have that that conversation and, and so we're definitely kind of on a little bit of different sides i feel like we'll be able to you know, just bring the child yeah. more into what's already going on. Mm. And she's like, nope, yeah. you're wrong. Like things going to change a lot more. <laughs> and, yeah. I think you know, that's probably something both, in between. Both and, and, and only because I remember, yeah. um, I, my wife, you know, we'd go to Starbucks and you, we'd spend way too much money on Starbucks and we, um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Mozzie. And he was still in a car seat. I'm going to take him to, to Starbucks. I'm going to go order us a Starbucks, get out of the house Walked into Starbucks and I waited in line. Mozzie was fine most of the time in the car seat. Then he kind of started crying a little bit. And he, you know, then you start get start thinking about the other people around like, oh, great. This guy's trying to study mm-hmm. and my kid's crying. Mm. I get my coffee and I always order my coffees extra hot. And uh, I get my coffee and mm. I go over by the door and I bend down to grab Mozzie to pick him up with my hand from, you know, in the car seat. And my coffee goes with me, hot coffee spills on my son, Mozzie in the middle of Starbucks and the whole place. Mm. I remember like, Oh, like everybody stopped. And one of the baristas was like, no. And I was like, yeah. oh. and I was like, God, you know, like <laughs> I can't just go to Starbucks. And he, well, first I spilled on my son. That was just the absolute worst, but I can't just go to Starbucks and just study. Yeah, and read. Yeah. So, we just go through mm-hmm. the drive through now. You know, it's like those sorts of things that, yeah. that change. And mm-hmm. um, now that Mozzie's older, sometimes we do go to Starbucks mm-hmm. and he sits there and he. I do. I you can can't now spill coffee. It's all good now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we can go and he, yeah. he can kind of engage in either playing video games or, or you know, writing or reading while I'm mm-hmm. working on um, something at Starbucks. But it's 
hundred percent has changed. And we go to friend's house and I, there's this episode yeah. of the office that comes to mind where Jim and Pam, Jim like skips out on work because uh, he, he faked that he had jury duty and everybody gets mad at him. He comes back into the office and his kids come into the office and they start crying and running around and they need the diapers changed. And everyone in the office is like, can you just go home? Like take time, more time off, go be with your wife. And that's what it's like. You, you just, your kids, your kids bring yeah. an extra level of mm-hmm. stress and care that you need to you need to care for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Absolutely. things, things have changed. Yeah. 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 That's so I think kind of, I love that you told that story about the office gym bringing his kids to work (laughs) because uh, so where we all met, we all met at Mariners. Um, So what's it been like for you? Because, I mean, I've been able to see you uh, to some degree bringing your kids. And I think it's a ministry thing. Like it's 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 never one person is is, you know, on staff, but it's a whole family, like your whole family is a part of of what you're doing when when it's ministry related Mm -hmm. type stuff. So what's it been like for you raising Raising a family in ministry. Um, It's been, so it's been good um, by and large. Um, My, my, my son has a personality Mm -hmm. that he loves being around people. And so anytime I'd take him to the church, he was like, yes. And everyone at the church treated him so well. Like they ran Mm -hmm. him around, Mm -hmm. they put Nerf guns with him. They stopped what they were doing in the office and like took him to hunt for treats. And he loved coming into the church, which was amazing. And I'm sure that as he got older, he, yeah, he wouldn't have liked to come. There's, there was many Sundays or many, not even Sundays, you know, Thursdays that he, I'd be like, son, we're going to the office. And he'd be like, I don't want to go to church. You know, I'm like, sorry, it's his work. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think what's really hard. And if you're in ministry and you have kids is you feel this pressure that my kids need to be perfect. And that's, that's so, mm, that's so that's hard. true because like, you one you feel that pressure for yourself like i'm a pastor i need to be perfect myself right i work at a church like i need my me mm. and the decisions i make you know you feel that pressure yourself and then mm. some of it's necessary most of it's unnecessary um and then i put that on my yeah. marriage and i go my marriage needs to be perfect and then i put on my kids my kids need to be perfect and so mm. that is so unfair yeah. for my kids and sometimes Mozzie would mm. not want to pray. He would not want to go to church. He would, he would not want to go, uh, you know, Mariners amazing. They put him on like some student leadership team at one point in third set in the second grade class, which was amazing that, yep. that Mariners even had a second grade student <laughs> leadership and Mozzie, like they were so gracious because yeah. Mozzie probably didn't deserve to be on it many times because he would not do the, do the work. And, and there's a part of me that's like embarrassed, like, Oh, that's, pastor's son he needs to love student leadership and so sometimes mm. i drive home like mozzie you know like this is our family and you need to act up and you know be good with your church like do you know that you represent and then i'm like whoa 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 you know this is so toxic and it's yeah just like, the grace of god comes over me and i'm like but mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need to do it if you don't want to you know just and and it's yeah. so hard because you feel yeah. that unnecessary pressure to have perfect kids um Sadly, yeah. there are yeah. pastors out there that have amazing kids that love the church, but far, we need to hear more mm-hmm. stories as pastors of kids that mm. don't get it and kids that sadly, yeah. you know, it's, it makes me emotional kids that don't love Jesus because it makes you realize, you know, you are, mm-hmm. you're, you're normal and, 
um, there's people who are in it with you. And far too often pastors get up on stage and they act like my kids are great and they pray at the dinner table and they wake up at five and do a workout and then do their Bible study. And I'm like, (laughs) and it's those stories that make you as a, especially as a pastor go, do I not love Jesus enough? Am I not a good enough pastor? Mm. My kids are struggling in their walk with Jesus. Does that mean, am I disqualified? And Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. that pressure unnecessary get that out of your heart your mind you are an amazing parent amazing pastor keep running you know that's Mm. what i'd say to those people so that's what i've learned and i hope that churches can embrace parents and kids uh that work their churches in in a new way that bring light to some of this stuff i know mariners specifically not to dote on mariners but they've done a really good job and i know uh amazing churches some other churches have as well and so yeah, so that's kind of my experience. Hopefully it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I know that, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on parenting a kid in ministry, because, like, I was I was a kid. Yeah. I was a kid in, in the ministry. I mean, um, my mom was on staff. My dad was volunteering. We got picked up from school, and we got driven to the church office, and me and my brother and sister ran around the church office for the next right. two or three hours until my mom was done working. And then we went home and then all weekend was, you know, we'd go to mm-hmm. our service and then immediately, cause my mom worked in the high school right. industry. We'd go to like our kids one and then we'd be the kids along with a few other staff kids, um, just running around the high school ministry and the campus. It was right. like, I mean, we also went to a really big church. So it was like every, every Saturday and Sunday was, we'd search the campus looking for quarters, trying to get a cactus cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, and I know uh, for, for me, it it turned out to be a very beautiful part of my upbringing because that's where the bulk of my community ended up being kind of what you said, Alex, earlier about the church to you became this place where you found community and, and that's what it was like for me. So what are some of like just your, your hopes, not even that, that your kids become, you know, yeah. the amazing poster Christian kids, but just what is kind of your hope for, for them as you continue I think my hope for them um, is that they themselves find a value in going to church um, beyond just, this is where my dad works and I'm forced here. Um, and that is so, that's so yeah. hard. That's not something that I can create. Like I, I need Jesus. I need people to reach out to them. I need small group leaders. I need people yeah. to reach out to my kids, to make the, make it their church because I, yeah. your dad's yeah. church just isn't going to do it for him. So that's one of my, that my biggest hopes is True. just mm-hmm. somebody reaches out. Cause so many people at churches would just go, that's the pastor's kid. They're forced to come to church. I'm not going to reach out. Um, and mm-hmm. I think my hope is just yeah. that they get treated mm-hmm. like another kid in the ministry. Um, and that they, my kids themselves find value in going. Um, and I think if, if, if anything, if not that my kids uh, can hopefully find their, um, their own story in discovering what church is to them. Um, and I want to help that. Like as a parent, like I want my kid to love the church. Are you kidding me? But I hope that mm-hmm. my kids, like they grow up in such a way that they, they're they not hurt or burned by the church and that they can think for themselves about the value of what the church is. Um, 
even if they have moments and years where they really fall away from following Jesus, Lord willing, that doesn't happen. But if it does, mm-hmm. that they can still see the church as a place that they are always welcomed to go to and not forced to, if that makes sense. So that, that's a long answer, but yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great answer. I think one of the, one of the things that, that my, is my hope for, for raising kids in ministry is, is really using it as a resource of knowing that parenting is done in community. And, and this kind of got brought forth to my, to my mind through there, there's a pastor on staff and, and he has, he has a kid who's in my ministry, which is fourth and fifth grade, which is what I oversee. And so he's leading, he's leading an online small group with his kid. Um, and so I got CC'd on an email that he sent to all of, you know, the, the, the parents of the kids in his small group. And at one point he, at the end of it, he said, he said, thank you for letting me parent alongside you. Um, and I just like, I read that. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I love that one. He gets that parenting is done Mm. together and that even though, you know, Alex, you and Brigetta are the parents of Mozzie and Wells. Brittany, you are the parents of your kid, and I will be the parent of my kid. But it also is like we are parenting right. together in a community. Mm. Um, and just that acknowledgement from him of like, you are going to help parent wow, my kids, and I'm good. going to help you parent your kids. Um, yeah, I mean, I read that. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like, that is, that's, I why, that. That, that's why we need people mm. in, mm-hmm. in our lives. That's why we need community. Like, it's just, and there was no shame at all it was just fully like you know what this is the real yeah we need people to help us we parent. do we need others yeah. in our life and so you know my uh, i have a huge i mean my we're doing our best to help and our our kids love jesus and there's so many resources out there for parents mm-hmm. one in ministry or not in ministry you know a quick plug would be some of the, the resources of parenting that doug fields has is so good um and yeah. And, but yeah. by and large, what parents need is just yeah. a community of people that are in it with them that will help raise your kid. Yeah. Um, that it, when you need help, uh, they'll be with, they'll be there praying for you. They'll be there with you. And I, I, I pray that for every parent, but let alone parents in ministry, man. So, but right yeah. now, and this, this is going to make me sound way more spiritual than, than, you know, we, we are, but we're trying cause we're doing this, this coronavirus is happening and everyone's at home. We're, Everyone's watching church yeah. online. Uh, we try to sit on, at, t- at the TV and mm-hmm. watch uh, watch church together on Sundays. Um, and I'm currently not working at a church or anything, yeah. so I, I get the gift of kind of not being pastor, dad pastor. But I, I'm somebody who's just a, somebody in the congregation like anyone else with my kids at the moment. And I think they're loving it. My youngest mm-hmm. son doesn't really sit mm-hmm. around. He just plays on cars or runs into the other room. And, you know, we try not to force it. But sometimes we are like, if you don't watch church, you know, you're going to get in trouble. And we, we <laughs> something that we got from John yeah. Mark Comer. Um, he does something uh, with his kids. I was able to sit at John Mark's feet uh, in an intimate setting at a at a cohort for about eight months. And he talked about parenting a lot because that's what parents do. Like, it's kind of it's the main thing in your life. And he talked about with his kids, he does no Bible, no breakfast. Um, and they can't eat breakfast till they read mm. their Bible. And it, it makes, mm. he even said this and I'm using his words. It makes me sound way more spiritual than I am. Um, but we've been trying that and it's, we're trying to make like my, I want to help my son see a value in reading the scripture and um, whether it's, you know, sometimes we sit down and the we watch a Bible story on YouTube or sometimes we sit down together and do a little Bible study 
and then they can have breakfast. And so we're trying to build this rhythm into their life yeah. at a young age. Mm. And I think so if good. I wasn't a pastor, I would still do this with my son, my kids, like no Bible, no breakfast. And it doesn't happen every day, which we need to be more consistent. Yeah. Um, but we try to wake up, we kind of watch TV, have coffee. Some, you know, my wife and I are slowly waking up. We're night people, not morning people. And, um, and then we go, okay, guys, we're going to turn yeah. off the TV. We're going to get started in the day. Right before we eat breakfast, we're going to read the Bible. And John Mark was like, my kids love reading the Bible because of it. And they also just love reading in general. And I was like, my kids hate reading and aren't mm. huge fans <laughs> of the Bible. So I don't know how this is going to work. I don't want to compare my kids to yours. But, um, so it may not, it may not work. And yeah. year we may find something else, but that's currently something we're doing in our family. Yeah. So has, has that been a new it has, quarantine yeah, parenting It totally has. Practice? We're trying to, to find ways to fill up their time that isn't screen time. Um, I just did a funny video that screen mm-hmm. time yeah. wins the day most of the time. But um, we are um, – yeah. we're trying – and that, that's one of the things in the morning that we want to get in the habit of. Not only like my kids, but my wife and I want, want that habit in our own life. So why not bring yeah. our kids along mm-hmm. in the journey with us instead of – this is a – Parenting is, it's like a myth in that I didn't wake up one day and say like, I'm going to parent. Like kids are really extensions of you. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not like I choose to parent some days and not parent other days. I'm always parenting. Like that doesn't stop. Yeah. Even when I'm asleep yeah. and my kids are in the other room, I'm parenting. And um, so it's kind of a myth. Like what is parenting? Well, parenting is just an extension of, of who we are. Yeah. It's and an so, identity. We are on a journey of hoping, my wife and I, of trying to get in, trying to create rhythms during this coronavirus of getting in the Bible in the morning. And so bringing our kids along with us. Yeah. You know, I love that that's a rhythm that you're focusing on because that, when when I think about my own spiritual journey and and my own growth uh, in in my faith, you know, there's so much data that's tied to how much time you're spending uh in in the word and and so whenever i feel and of course i mean i feel guilty all the time for thinking like <laughs> totally. i don't spend yeah, time yeah. in the word like that's a very natural thing for people to feel um and the one of the biggest reasons why i i feel compelled is because i have this image in my head of my dad mm. like me walking down the stairs every single morning and seeing my dad at the table with typically it was either a bowl of oatmeal or a bowl of cereal, um, a cup of coffee, uh, and and he's left-handed, so he's got the spoon in his left hand, and yeah. he's holding the Bible up with his right hand. Mm. And I can so clearly see that because that's what I saw yeah, wow. every single day was seeing my dad spending his time in the Word. So, Alex, I love that you as a father mm-hmm. – um, and you and, and forget it together as, you know, your parenting unit yeah. are, are emphasizing that uh, for, for your kids, because that's totally, that, that will have an impact on them. You know, they, they, they will see that they will know that. And I just want to tell you that as your friend, I really, really appreciate you spending time being here Absolutely. with us. I think you are an amazing dad. I've, I've mm-hmm. seen you parent wow. firsthand. I've seen Mozzie sitting in your office playing his <laughs> video game and I'm chatting yeah. with him about what game he's playing, you know? So Alex, you're an awesome dad. Your wife is an awesome, amazing. Mom. You guys Thank are you. awesome people together. Um, and so 
I'm praying for you guys. Just excited to see what's next. And thank you for yes. spending some time on yes, the podcast. Thank for you sure. So you guys much. are amazing. Jordan and Brittany love this podcast. And any parent that's out there, I think, you know, my last little axiom that I think I'm going to say is just a lot of times we think if A, then B, like if I do A, if I do these things, then my kids are going to turn out mm. this way. And that is not the case. <laughs> like it, it is, it, if you do these things, you're giving your kids the best shot, but there is uh your kids are their own people and it's take the pressure off yourself mm. a little bit parents mm. in the world <laughs> i need i need to take the pressure mm. off myself Brittany, mm. i'm sure that you're similar jordan mm. start yes. early and before you have a kid just be like hey i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> give this to jesus hey, no no pressure no pressure but, hey grateful one. to no be on here you guys are amazing love this podcast excited for what's gonna what's gonna be next and your guys' parenting journey it'll be fun mm. Thank you. And just like that, that's another episode of Good Parent Podcast. Thank Thank you for listening. listening. Have a great day, guys. Guys, great job. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex. Let me know how else I can support you. And I pray and hope that I talk to you guys in the future. Yes, absolutely. Oh, we will. We'll definitely. We'll we'll have. We'll have oh, love that. Love you and Brigitte. Oh, that'd on. be so good. We'll, we'll get the yes. the, the couple that'd couple be fun. interviews going. Those ones are fun. Amazing. We did one of those last week. It was fun. We'll have All you right. guys both on. All right. Bye, guys.